wouldn't really affect many guys. Uh, I, I can't really speak because I've been ill for the past two weeks as well. I've just yeah. felt a lot better because I'm slightly manlier than Gareth. Oh, yes. Well, that is a ridiculous thing to insinuate. Well, <laughs> I'm not insinuating it, I'm flat out saying it. <laughs> he's third on the podcast, Gareth, so that means that his masculinity boosts by 5% every week. Exactly. I didn't know that. You know, that's another perk of being at free. Yep. <laughs> Don, what have you been up to? You want to brag about your girlfriend a little bit more? Has it gone downhill a bit since last week? Uh, it's, it's all good. Even is, it just, all? is it just rising and rising and rising? Rising and rising. It's just going brilliantly. So, uh, excellent. I'm not only good at games, I'm good at all other things in real life as well, apparently. So, <laughs> I think go. I win in general. It's good. And she's told you that? Mm-hmm. That's well, good. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Do you think he's talking about sex, Gary? No. I assume he's talking about many forms of sex. All over the house. All over her face. Oh. <laughs> In a nice way, though, Don. You know, if you haven't been there yet, that's fine. <laughs> that doesn't matter. We won't get any less of you. Um, uh, I'm glad she listens to this now every week. That's good, yeah. because she gets to know your inner thoughts. <laughs> Because we are not actually real. We are your your mind's eye. In a prediction of my id. You are id software. <laughs> you make a fantastic doom. Um, my week's been pretty sad. On, on my way to work this morning, um, sometime, some... <laughs> police? That's they say when they're coming along to just wait, don't they, patient? And they'll make their way through. There we go, they've passed. Um, yeah, so I was on the bus this morning and I had some guy at the front, uh, right at the front top deck, sort of sniffing, um, hocking up phlegm, uh, not spinning it out, which is even more worrying. Um, I had someone talking very loudly into their phone, hands-free. Um, and then someone behind me talking to themselves. And my iPod <laughs> had run out of battery. So I didn't know what to do. Sometimes in London, you don't have a choice but to listen to music. It's not a choice of, oh, on my commute today, should I listen to music? You just have to listen to Slipknot, <laughs> turn up full blast and shut your eyes until you arrive at your destination. <laughs> or it can be a very depressing ride. That's true. It is true. And Don can pick <laughs> me up on that. Don, you looking forward to Comic-Con this week? Yep. Yeah, for the Friday. I've yet to uh, work out how I'm gonna get out of work. I will probably what I'll do is I'll just get up and walk out like I did last time. Yeah, because like we said, <laughs> just halfway through the day, I just got up, walked out. Yeah, and uh, nobody really noticed. So uh, that's what will happen again this time. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll just squirm back onto your chair on Monday morning. And carry on. Yep, as if nothing had ever happened. Do you, are you think they're buying any toys this time? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I haven't really uh, thought. I, I generally like to just see what grabs me on the day. Yeah, I don't have any. There's nothing I, specifically I'm looking out for this time. Um, now you're in a relationship, will you be looking at women? Um, yeah, you can still look at, you know, there's a lot of cosplay around. You can't not look yes, at cosplay. because there's some Perfectly guys normal. that say, oh, I don't really look at other women now because I'm in a relationship. And we're, that's just bollocks. Yeah, we're, we're not like that at all. We're We're not. Normal, progressive... It's only when you go, we're looking at them, that it becomes a bit inappropriate. Yeah, that becomes probably a slight issue at that point. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm hoping I'm going to meet you there as well, Don. Yeah, well, I hope so. I hope so. 
going to be very nice. We can maybe have a coffee. That would be good. Um, maybe we can speak in real life as well as just sit across from each other drinking coffee. We'll still use Skype, but on our phones. <laughs> on our phones. Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise I just feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> I'll, I'll stand at one end of the uh, podium and you can stand on the other and we can just talk like this. <laughs> Do you guys have some kind of dictaphone? Um, well, we're going to look into doing that, so we can I've, do. Some I've got things. a phone which will record audio. There we go, so and then you can send us a like, like every phone. But yeah, and me and Don are going to go and talk to attractive women and make our girlfriends jealous <clears> to show <throat> that we've still got it. And if they ever do <laughs> take us for granted, we're going to show them that we can chat up women, and it is going to be chat up. So we're going to chat up maybe Bayonetta. We're going to chat up some people from Final Fantasy. Um, I've put on a few stones since last Comic-Con. Uh, so, Don, you're probably going to have to step up with your newly found sexual swagger. <laughs> I'll uh, be your wingman. It will be, I'll just be beating them off, to be honest, I'm sure. <laughs> We're not talking about male cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think would be the best way to do it? Do you think it would be just not ask awkward questions, but absolutely nothing about their cosplay or video games? <laughs> I ask, can I interview you? But just sort of stay off of the toilet and do not confront the elephant in the room that they're dressed as Bayonetta and just ask them really mundane questions because I think that would actually be funnier than after asking them about anything. Yeah, like what their favourite breakfast is. Yeah. Yeah, what's their favourite kind of weather? Yeah, <laughs> what's their favourite word? Things like that. And I think we can do that and that would be really nice. Gareth, you'll be there in spirit. I will. Yeah, um, every time we see someone cosplaying as Chewbacca, we'll think of you. Yeah, or they could be cosplaying as Gareth himself. We wouldn't know. No. It would just be, just be hair. <laughs> Going along the floor. At, oh, at Play Expo, there are a few people where I was like, is, is that me? Yeah. <laughs> that mirror? Or... Yeah. <laughs> so. Is that really me? Or is that me? And I'm looking at me, is this cloning? What's going on? Yep. That they found stuff. out it was a mirror. Right, so we're going to go straight into the news now, dip in. Uh, not many news stories this week, and that's probably Gareth's fault, or the industry as a whole. Which is it, Gareth? Uh, I think we can take equal blame for this one. But it's quant- quality over quantity this week, because normally you just flood the page with shit. Uh, and this week, there's some really interesting stories. Oh, so without... Well, thank you. Without further ado, let's go on to the news. Well, um, it seems that Grand Theft Auto San Andreas is tipped for the Xbox 360 HD re-release. Um, I don't know how much of a good idea that is now, because playing it the other day, even though it is a great game, um, it's rather ar- archaic. And uh, it says that there's 33 achievements that have been leaked with worth 1,000 points, which would suggest that it's not just an arcade download. You reckon? Yeah, because arcades only allowed something up to 300, isn't it, or something? Um, no, I, I thought it was up to 1,000, I thought. No. Even for arcade games? No, it's not. It used oh. to be not a lot, but I think maybe they just don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> this is another one of those games, so that I'm not sure why they're releasing it again. I don't know. It was... Money. I, I guess. But with GTA Five coming, I mean, you've, they've got it on, they released it on, what, Android and iOS a few months back. Um, and I guess it's just lying around there just 
it's, it's a fairly easy port, I suppose, for them to do at this point. Uh, yeah. Most most of the work's been done, I guess, already, so they can just pop it on there fairly easily, and they figure they might as well. <clears throat> I'll probably catch a few people out who aren't too bright and expected and thought they were buying GTA Five and ended up buying San Andreas instead. There you go. Um, it's very cynical. It's, it's... <laughs> well, I, you know, I I don't have a lot of faith in people. No, no one does. <laughs> Uh, but it is a good game. Uh, it was good for its time, and it's absolutely spellbinding for its time. I remember how much time I put into it. But, you know, it is very much a game of its time, and I don't think even a HD re-release can do much because it looked quite basic back then. You know, there's not a lot of detail in the streets or the buildings. They're all very angular, and I think just giving it HD sheen will make it look kind of like a Lego world. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't think it's going to, you know, when you fly around in the plane, everything's very square, the roads are very straight, and I don't think the cars are very blocky, and I just don't. I mean, the graphics weren't incredible back then, um, by any stretch of mind, but obviously that's just because the world was so large. Um, I yeah, remember being that was the main thing point. going for yeah. it, was the, the world being just massive. Yeah, and, you know, it had like a Las Vegas. You could actually get in planes and travel from one side of the map to the other. Um, you know, if it's the right retail price, unlike Sleeping Dogs, which is <laughs> fucking 50 quid. What is that about? It's just ridiculous, isn't it? I thought, well, I'll have a go at that. That's going to be about 17.99. Then I click on it and it's like 44.99. Give it a week. <laughs> I've given it a week, Gareth. It came out like a week ago. Okay. Can I give it another week? Give it, give, give it two weeks. Yeah. Right, there's a, um, a crappy indie game oh, uh, that Gareth loves to talk about, and this one's The Buying of Isaac. What's going on with this, Gareth? It's going to be free for PS Plus subscribers next month. Nice. Fantastic. And is it a good game, Gareth? Buying of Isaac, yeah. yeah. Like, by all accounts, it's a pretty fantastic game. How do you bind him? How do you bind him? Yeah. Um, you kind of don't. I guess. I don't think I've ever played a game for 500 hours. You know, even stuff like <laughs> Skyrim that I love to my balls. Um, I, I managed near, almost 200 hours. And I can't imagine myself playing any game for 500 hours. I've definitely played more than 500 hours of League of Legends. Oh, shut No, you ain't. <laughs> he really? Has. Seriously? I bet he has. Oh, yeah. my God. Depending and you've on. got nothing to show for it. <laughs> what? That's not true. What have you got? Uh, a bronze br- medal. Bronze five. No, bronze one even. Bronze one. Bronze, bronze one. one's fine. Bronze I've got there. some skins. Yep. You know, it's... Some skins. Bronze. It's not Imagine it. what else you can do in 500 hours. You could probably get a degree in a chosen <laughs> field, but you could. You could. Because 100 hours is like four days. Eight. No, yes, it's, it's a lot of time, Gareth. Binding of Isaac will be available yep. <laughs> on the PS4 and the Vita from November 5th, and it will have cross-saves, so there you go. Nice. It's pretty cool, so if you already have PS Plus, you get a game for free on that both the up. Vita and the PlayStation. Yeah, well, that makes up for them not giving us Drive Club for free like they promised. Yeah, Don't. it's hard <laughs> to sell a golf game for people, though, that doesn't have <laughs> actual is. golf in it. It, it. Yeah, tricky, I guess. But they and, and I think that's this, why uh, people didn't listen to us last week because they staged a petition to get this podcast destroyed because you were bigging it up as the best golf game, the, the golf game simulation that's ever been made. So everyone went out and bought it. 
Mm. And now people are kind of getting a bit angry. So, apologize. when I spoke about FIFA, and I said about trading it in because I was so disgusted, um, FIFA have obviously responded to exactly what I said, uh, as they've done with Gareth and his drive club, where they're releasing a standalone golf version. <laughs> um, a patch to basically upgrade the absolute disgrace that is FIFA 15. Um, that might sound a bit harsh, but... The shooting is broken, and I don't know, you know, I've, I've been on the internet, and I've been on various forums, and no one seems to have the same sort of feeling as I do, even though it's very obvious, um, but obviously they're fixing the shooting and goalkeepers. The shooting was absolutely disastrous in career mode, um, and I'm just happy that they, they've addressed it, because... It was. It just destroyed the whole game for me because obviously in football shooting is quite important, and if that's not enjoyable, <laughs> then you're going to have a bit of a problem on your hands. So Don, is this going to make you go out and buy it because it's been patched? Do you know what? It just might. No, no, it's not. It's really <laughs> going to make no difference to my life whatsoever. But oh, good luck to true. it. I, um, good luck to them. Good luck to you. Uh, I hope you're you're very very happy with these new brilliant updates. I I will be, and if it does, <laughs> if it does fix everything that it says it will, will. I don't even know why it was broken in the first place because in FIFA 14 it was perfect. Mm. So, you know, just revert to that. Um, if you're listening in South Korea, you're about to get limbo. Which is the Korean country that tells everyone, what, all their people, what to do? That's got to be... That's, South North, North, Korea. That's North Korea. So you don't want to be there. Well, you probably can't even get there, but... <laughs> you don't want to live there, No, no. So do people from South Korea kind of mock the North Koreans, or are they not allowed to look at them either? <laughs> uh, well, they tend to sort of ignore the fact that North Korea is there. Yeah, although occasionally they, they them in conjunction with the Americans will send over these like a they'll do an airdrop of leaflets, yeah, and uh, thinking they can help the <laughs> the, uh, the North Korean people to kind of win their freedom a little bit. But all they really do is end up. Um, getting them forced out onto the streets with uh, gloves and uh, um, those little masks you put over your face like cyclists have and uh, those little litter grabbers and it just forces um, they force a load of the public out on the streets to clean up all of the leaflets and they're they're dressed in like gear because they're not allowed to touch with their hands the leaflets themselves because they'll become contaminated uh, with the evil lies of the West and South Korea Um, so yeah so <laughs> they're quite. It, it's just strange, isn't it? I'd like to get some official reports on sort of their crime level and things like that, because you know we could all be insulting them, but they could all be having a great laugh. <laughs> you know, we might say, "Oh, look at them lot, bloody closing themselves off to the world." They could have like the best of everything and laughing at us. That could be very true. It's possible, I guess. Yeah. Definitely, you know, they possible. could have like better game consoles than the Xbox One. <laughs> so they could be further technologically than any of us. Yep. They've been rocking quantum computers for years. We don't know. They could have a exactly. they could have a base on the moon that we wouldn't know. Exactly. You know. So we've got to invade them. <laughs> Just as what America's answer to everything. Take them over because they're oppressed. Um, so Limbo, Gareth, that's a crappy arcade game. It's Limbo is incredible. One of the best games I've ever played. Yeah, that's it's the a first shame. game I ever played on Xbox One. 
sorry, Xbox One, Xbox 360 when I got one. Um, it was, uh, yeah, because I didn't have uh, gold at the time, and I, <laughs> and I didn't realise it, but my hard drive uh, wasn't fitted correctly because it had fallen out of its slot in the box, and I didn't realise that. Okay. So I, uh, I tried to play Gears of War, the first game I tried to play, but that wouldn't work properly because it was kept telling me there's a problem with the hard drive, and I thought, shit, what happened? Went online and uh, immediately went to the store and went, oh, there's a game called Limbo, I'll try the demo for free. And oh. I got to the end of the demo and immediately paid to play the rest of the game. And that is a good demo, isn't it, Don? Fucking awesome. The game is brilliant. Right, so Gareth's going to get a ball game of Super Smash Brothers. Tell us about (laughs) it, Gareth. Um, Yeah, so there was like a a product description on Amazon that announced some new features, like being able to create stages on the Wii U gamepad, which is cool, that makes sense, because creating stages on the Wii version was a bit of a pain in the ass. Uh, they announced that Master Hand and Crazy Hand will each have a challenge mode, which is fine. That is fine. The interesting thing was that they said you can outwit your opponents in a brand new board game mode. Oh, that, that, if that's not going to get the Call of Duty uh, <laughs> a generation excited, then I don't know what will. Uh, well, they've never had anything like that, so... I kind of can't even imagine what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Because they're, they're working on a Mario Party, right? So it's not just going to be that. They're not just going to negate their own Mario Party game later down the line by including it in Super Smash Brothers. Well, shortly. you know, they, they release about 10 Mario Parties a month. <laughs> so, yeah. This, this will be compatible with the Amiibo statues, though, won't it, in some way? Like, you'll use them instead. Stick them on the Wii U pad. And it will yeah. be like, use them to move around the ball. Amiibos are too big, though. Well, I don't, I don't know. You won't have the whole thing on thing. I don't know. They'll no. they'll they'll do it in some way. You know, they'll, they'll do it they'll, in some way. You don't get that on any way. other podcast. No, you don't get that kind of insightful no. commentary anywhere else. <laughs> They've got to do it in some way. In some way, Nintendo will just do it. Yeah, <laughs> as they always do. Yeah, they tend to do it almost every time. Well, Gareth, I'd pretty much say that's it for the news this week, unless you've got something to talk about. Uh, it's not been a huge week for news. There was something weird that happened a couple of days ago. Um, a guy who made an indie game called Paranautical Activity. Oh, God, yeah. Um, <laughs> he thought it would be a really good idea to say he was going to murder the uh, the guy who owns Valve, Gabe Newell. Gabe Newell, yeah. Um, so Valve pretty much immediately just removed his game from Steam. Um, and and guy, someone hit squad around his house, and he's dead now. The guy had to quit yeah. his job, because if you can't get a game on Steam, there's no point in making games. So he That's can basically like any... writing... Like if someone was to go and give you, I don't know, say a cake, and you bit it, the hand of the person that was giving you the cake, and... Um, <laughs> Then they said, oh, I'm not going to do that again because you've just bit me and it really hurts. I'll, I'll think twice before I ever try and give you cake. Yeah, it's like that. But also, <laughs> if the only food you could ever eat was cake and having no cake meant you would die. Oh, my God. Can you imagine a world like that? That would be awful. It's not far yeah. away from how I live. All <laughs> 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 oh, going down your chin. But yeah, probably oh, yeah. just don't send the person who's 
can be solely <laughs> responsible for your entire livelihood for the rest of your life. Death threats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why and did he so... do it? Do we know why he did it? Did he actually say it? Because I haven't read um... Well, I read that it was because it stayed on early access when it shouldn't have been or something. Yeah, something to do with it being on green light um, oh. and it not showing up on the actual main Steam store because it came through green light and he was really annoyed about it. So he just said, I will kill Gabe Newell. <laughs> That's, that seems the rational response to that. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and oh. Gabe Newell's got the, the power to just say, okay, I'm going to crush you. <laughs> yeah, he really basically, does. Basically. And, uh, yeah, if you're so, making a game, Gabe Newell can destroy you at any moment. Yeah, so basically he's done all that time and effort. And not only has he not got it released now, but all that time he spent doing it is basically... That's it. Totally wasted. But Gabe Newell's got a backtrack, surely. Come on. That guy's no. got a... There's no way. He's threatened his life. <laughs> and then expect to use his service. Not a chance. Gabe Newell has a knife collection. That's the kind of person you're dealing with. But he seems to be the kind of guy for me that will go, you know what, this... Don't worry about it. He's just small fry. Let his game come out. You know, I hope he does. And take one hundred percent of the royalties. <laughs> yeah. We've all threatened to kill our boss at some point, haven't we? <laughs> Maybe not to their face in front of hundreds of thousands of people, though. Is that why you had to leave your last job, Rob? <laughs> it was actually. <laughs> I thought it might be. No, I would never threaten her because I don't threaten women. Oh, he's a woman. Okay. Yeah. So here we go. Well, that was the news this week. Um, like I say, it was quality over quantity. But now we're going to move on to our feature. Hi, everyone. It's time for your weekly video game music segment uh, with me, Gareth. Uh, this week, I'm picking a uh, track from a game that is kind of underrated. Uh, I think a lot of people sort of overlooked it because it's a, just another open world crime game, but Sleeping Dogs is actually a real gem. Um, one of my favourites of recent years. I I really, really love it. And part of the reason I love it is because of how everything comes together. The game is set in China and the whole uh, environment and everything about it really immerses you in this world. And that's including the music. Uh, some of the radio stations that play just have the best just ambient music that you could ever hope for whilst driving around Hong Kong. And it's just a fantastic uh, coalescing of all these various uh, aspects that make you really believe you're shoveling around China, kicking the crap out of some triads. So this is from the soundtrack to Sleeping Dogs. It's by Bei Bei and Sean Lee. That's Bei Bei spelled B-E-I-B-E-I. That's Bei Bei and Sean Lee. And the song is called East. Thank you. 
So, indie games, what do we know about them? We know that they're smaller than their um, retail counterparts, but we also know that they can also be enjoyable. Um, I've played quite a few in my life, and it seems that I come to a point now where I don't know if I like them or not. Gareth absolutely loves them. Don detests them. (laughs) And uh, this week we're going to be talking about them a little bit more in depth because we know Gareth is a real champion of the indie download. Don doesn't so much talk about them. He's more of the mainstream gaming kind of guy. And I am looking to kind of go either way, really. Sometimes I'll download an indie game and think it's great. Other times I'll download it and be met with something that's completely different to what the sort of hype has been telling me about. So, Gareth, what what is it about um, indie games that you love so much? Uh, I think the thing I love most about them is the variety. Because, uh, like, you know, because they're not tr- trying to make hundreds of millions of pounds in profits, they can take risks. They can come up with something really creative, base a game around it, and then... If it doesn't work, you know, they've not risked a huge amount. But if it does, then it could be just a massive launching point for their creativity in the future. Like, for example, Portal, the idea behind that actually came from an indie game that people just made and put out for free. Um, But then Valve saw that and said, this is incredible. We need to buy these people. And now they're a part of Valve. Team Fortress was as well, wasn't it? It was a mod on a game. On the Half-Life game. Yeah, Half-Life Deathmatch yeah. mod. Uh, and then Valve were like, that's some good shit. We want you on board. Give me some of that shit. <laughs> that's what Dave said. And you, Don, you, you're not you're not really this kind of person that goes out and buys arcade games, are you? Well, I've, uh, the 360, uh, obviously Xbox Live and Xbox Live Arcade um, has got just a whole ton of arcade stuff on there. Um, so I've actually... I've, bought quite a few actually over the um, the years of an Xbox 360 because it's just been nice it's just been really easy they're pretty cheap and a lot of them are incredible quality um stuff like Fez and Limbo and Shadow Complex some of those are better than a lot of retail ty- you know full retail titles that mm. are taken ages and ages and um it's it's just really great to have that service there but as but also as kind of you know if you're a programmer or you're a developer um it gives you a, a platform to actually be able to put something together and actually pretty much get it out there um, without having to worry so much about publishers and all the rest of it. it. It's a really good opportunity for developers, especially when you're starting out. And if you're really yeah. good and if you can manage to get some kind of uh, you know weight behind you, like Phil Fish did with Fez, you know he managed to get some um, some funding and stuff while he was programming it. I mean, it could have took him what five years, I think, to actually finish Fez. Um, and the guys who made um, Super Meat Boy, it took them, what was it, four years, five years as well for that, or something crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of hard work behind it, but then, you know, finally those games launched, and they started, and they sold like over a million copies pretty quickly, and suddenly, you know, the rewards from that for them were huge. Um, yeah. Made a lot of money, and, um, you know, all that hard work, and, you know, working by candlelight with no money for, you know, in the cold for months and years on end um really paid off so uh, um, i mean don i'm not being racist but it's like a lot of these games like super mario and stuff yep um you know if they were released today they could be called indie games and it shows that there's still people out there with the kind of vision the same as that kind of game in there 
you know, they can create games that are like that, but there's still people out there that can catch that magic that we thought was long gone. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's because games like Super Mario, the original, the, the core mechanic and concept behind it is simple. rock solid. Yeah, it's simple, yeah. It's, it's compulsive, it's rock solid, it's fun, it's addictive, and just maintaining that itself um, means you can, you can yeah, that doesn't change over the years. You know, the graphics might move on, you know, the movement to more 3D stuff happens, but the core play behind games like that still remains, and um, being able to just put it together, you know, on an indie platform, um, if, if you do it well enough, um, you, you've got, you can have a decent game on your hands. The Ooh. problem I, sorry, that was my dog. <laughs> yeah. The problem I have is with games like Lone Survivor, in that I didn't enjoy at all. You know, it wasn't a simple idea. It was, they tried, it tried to make it too complex. <clears throat> and I don't know if either of you played it. I've not played that, no. Nope. No. But, you know, you, you get games like Hotline Miami, where, like you say, it's a simple concept, but sometimes you get games like Lone Survivor that try a bit too hard, that kind of try... I don't know what they try to do, but they, they try to do too much, and it ends up in a bit of a mess. And it was one of those indie games that I didn't really, really like, didn't, I wasn't really drawn to. Yeah. It's the same with um, Luftwauser. Is that, is that what it's called? Luftwausers. Yeah, that that felt like a kind of flash game, which is probably what I think what it started at, as when I looked into it. <clears throat> but it, it annoyed me that I paid like nearly five pound for this game. <laughs> that sort of had, I thought it was going to have some kind of. I don't know what I expected from it, but it seemed to just be such a simple, simple game. Um, it's something that you could have had on the spectrum. Um, but there was no real progress in it. It's just one screen and you kind of go from left to right, up and down, and you shoot things and you get more points and you try and get a better vehicle. But I don't know what that game was about. And I don't know if sometimes people just say, oh, this this indie game's great because they want to be seen to kind of understand it and so, similar to what Sony did at their E3 press conference where they start going, yeah, the indie games, man, yeah. Do they understand it? I think it's the same as, you know, when people go, oh, my God, it's not in 1080p. It doesn't run at 60 frames per <laughs> second. You know, if you actually sat them down and said, okay, explain to me what they are, they go, what? Well, explain to me what 1080p is. Is this game in 1080p, this game I'm showing you right now? They'd probably say, I don't know. But they're the people that shout from the roofs about it. And, you know, there's a lot of that, I, I think, is false championing in indie games, and that's what I've got a problem with, Gareth. What? Okay, so you don't necessarily have a problem with the quality of indie games. Yeah. But you think when there's a one that doesn't live up to the hype, that... It's not, it's not even that. It's that you'll get a game that's sort of built up hype, sort of like an indie game would. Like, oh, you've got to try this game. It's absolutely amazing. It breaks the fourth wall. You know, it's really doing something different with the graphical qualities that it can do. It's kind of a harking back to the old days before we had all this 3D technology. And it's really asking us about ourselves and our own lives by using a mirror so we can look into our souls. You know, that sort of shit. (laughs) But that's that's the case with some of these indie games. Like Limbo, like we were speaking about earlier, is like an actual really deep, has a really deep story to it that's but, never communicated. But does it? Yes, it does. Okay, and what is it? 
that you're on an island with other children? No, it, the game is clearly meant to symbolise some is it kind a metaphor of, for of death, right? Death. And then the end of the game, like, leads you to believe your character may have killed themselves willingly for a purpose, which is like really deep and dark. But then you've been watching kids get murdered through the entire game. So it's like, the tone has been set for hours. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it does that through just through the, the graphic and the art style that it's used, which is something that the indie games have really done really well, a lot of them. I mean, there is a lot of crap ones out there, don't get me wrong. There yeah. are some awful games. Um, when you open up a platform like that to anyone, then, yeah, you're going to get a lot of dross. But games like that, but what it also means is that because they don't have access to tons of money and uh, huge, gra- you know, the massive powerhouse graphic engines and stuff like that, they've got to make themselves distinctive in another way and to try and tell the story a slightly different way. And oh, using okay. art styles like they do in Limbo, um, the, the black, the stark, black and white, the kind of dream world nature of it, the way the, the foreground and background blends into each other in places and the creatures are kind of nightmarish. The way they sort all that out and play with that, that as, a, as a form really pushes, sells the story to you as well as the actual mechanic of playing the game and the puzzles that are set but within. But does it? Or is it pretentious? Limbo is one of the best looking games I have ever seen. You could take any, a screen grab of any moment of Limbo and it would yeah. look like a, like a made yeah, screenshot. It, does look, it looks nice, okay? It looks nice for what they've done. It's kind of like a silhouette. But if you add Mario... And then at the beginning, he kind of looked into the distance and he kind of saw his life passing away. And, you know, as he made his way through the levels, he, he grew older. And towards the end, he had a walking stick and he looked back and he judged his life and how he was. Would that, would that make it any more, would that make it better? <laughs> what are you talking about? It, it wouldn't I'm, make limbo. I'm tired. I was really ready for an argument. It and wouldn't make limbo like, better, but, but that sounds like quite a nice idea for... No, but what I'm saying is limbo, gameplay-wise, is no better than Mario or something similar. It's just because you've got pretentious people on the other end trying to make it more than it is. No, I don't think so. I, I disagree with that as well. So why didn't we have this back then? Why didn't we have these kind of people talking this bollocks? Because for years, video games were either to A, get you to pump more money into an arcade machine, or B, about getting a high score and then trying again to beat it. Now we're at a point where video games can be deep and meaningful. And Limbo for me is like one of the best examples of that because it's really subtle, but it's still it leaves a lot to your imagination. But it means you impose your own sort of experiences upon it. So what what would you say would be the hidden meaning? Because we could take Mario now and we could put a story behind it, you know, and make it sort of arty, if you will. We could say, oh, there's this guy and he's looking for his long lost love, and he's on mushrooms, so that makes his whole (laughs) outlook on the world sort of skewed. And he goes through all this world trying to look for her, but in the end, does he really find her? Well, I mean, every Mario game since those maybe SNES ones has tried to add a bit more to it. Yeah. 
Like, Mar- you could say Mario Galaxy, like, oh, it's just a Mario game, but with circle planets that you run around. It's like Hotline Miami as well. Even that tried to... I don't know what was going on. Yeah, like, that's, went... that's because that guy's constantly on drugs, the main character. But why does he go into a room full of, like, animals and flyers flying all over the place and they're just talking to him and you kind of think, oh, this is going to resolve itself in the end. And then when it ends, it doesn't really resolve anything and you just think... Am I stupid, or is it just being like this for being like this sake to try and be pretentious? That guy is cocaine up to fuck. He's, <laughs> he's wearing a rooster mask and beating people's brains in. Like he's maybe not the best. Yeah, he's not the best person. Stand but okay. to try and understand. <laughs> uh, Meat boys. Is there a kind of story behind that? Uh, yeah, it, it's it's kind of secondary, but you know. The evil Dr. Fetus has stolen yeah. your girlfriend, Bandage Girl, and you have to try and get her back. But you're not actually a young boy in a coma when it ends. No, you're just Question a hunk of meat like, chasing after a fetus see, in a robot that's, suit. That's nice, but now we're trying to put a lot of people jumping on indie games and studying them as art forms. I and think I think that's fine. Made for that. Thank you, Gareth. Like, uh, the, for example, uh, the Stanley Parable, which came out last year. Yeah, uh, sold a million copies. It was announced this week, so that's an example of an indie game, uh, which is kind of never been done before. Still, like we're still getting fresh ideas now in 2014. Yeah, uh, that people have never done before, never seen before, never experienced, and now they're getting to a point where they can sell a million copies. They can make you into a full-blown studio. Maybe what it is, Gareth, is that I'm getting so bored with kind of commercial games and I'm kind of getting a bit annoyed that they're not trying to do what the indie games are doing. Like, I find indie games to be quite limiting in what they could do. Um, And I'd like to see kind of an actual studio use their brains rather than just pandering to whatever they think everyone wants. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a reason a lot of indie studios go for this sort of 8-bit art style. Because it's cheap and it's easy and it it does instill um, sort of retro feelings in people immediately, which is quite a cheap way of getting people's attention. Yeah. But then, because so many do that, they quite easily uh, fall by the wayside if they're not good enough. Like some, like Crypt of the Necrodancer, which I've been singing its praises, um, it, it has that 8-bit art style, you know, not particularly impressive to look at, but everything else about the game just elevates it and elevates it to the point where you put it next to another game that has that same art style and the other game just won't stack up because there's just so much more going on. It's very easy for them to separate themselves uh, if the game is just actually good enough. So we've all decided that basically indie games should not be trying to punch above their weight. What? No. Why? Why shouldn't they? Because it it, it uh, it's confusing for me. <laughs> okay, basically. In what way? In what way? Oh, Becky! <laughs> I really want coke. I'm sitting here and I'm really thirsty, and I've asked her and asked her so many times. Okay, you need, you need a, a little bit of caffeine to get your brain going. Yes, because I was ready for an argument tonight. Okay, and. 
I haven't put my points across. And tomorrow morning I'm going to be on the bus thinking, fucking Gareth. <laughs> he thinks he's won. I have won. But you, See, exactly. I'm, you know what? Go and get your Coke now and we'll wait for you and we'll... My Coke will do nothing now. I'm past that sort of stage. Oh, I see. Giving up, are we? Yeah, we're going to have to do part two next week. Oh, God damn it. I know. God damn it, indeed. So you but have a whole week to try and come up with new arguments. And I'll be off work next week, Gareth, so I'm going to write a whole dossier. Yeah, well, I'm off work every week. So. <laughs> I'll be waiting. <laughs> uh, Donnie, you all right? Are you texting your girlfriend? I'm good, thanks. I'm just enjoying the little talk. Little talk. <laughs> this is big talk right here, mate. <laughs> you're on the little talk. You're not going to get it. I went into Sainsbury's yesterday. Uh-huh. Good. Nice. Right, so what have we been playing this week? Uh, on last Friday, I went and picked up a little game called The Evil Within because I'm a massive Shinji Mikami fan. I won't call myself massive, uh, middle size really. I don't really <laughs> jump to anything he does. I thought Resident Evil 4 was amazing. I thought um, Vanquish was amazing. Vanquish Shadow... him. Vanquish is yeah. ace. Ace, exactly. Yeah. Rock hard. But ace. And, right, uh, I said the word ace, go over it. <laughs> I put it on because I wasn't really knowing what to expect. And you, you you get that Japanese sort of, you know the feeling, the Japanese feeling you get of games where it's set in the present day, but they don't really get the costumes right or what people are wearing. They're dressed as Victorians. Um, <laughs> he's wearing a waistcoat with like fucking trousers and a shirt. Um the world just doesn't seem to click. The dialogue's very awkward, um, as you would expect from a translated game, which nowadays it feels very disjointed. You know, when you've got these kind of multi-million pound voice artists and you've got like the likes of Nolan North that have sort of stepped it up a gear mm-hmm. working on the Uncharted series. So these games, probably through no fault of their own, it stands out like a sore thumb this kind of dialogue and the way they talk and interact with each other. So immediately that puts you sort of, I wouldn't say on edge, but it kind of detaches you from what's going on. And they're driving along um, and it's the FMV is playing. Do they even call it FMV anymore? It's because it's not FMV all the time. No. FMV is like, um, it's kind of like real video <laughs> if you know what I mean yeah Playstation 1 days yeah when there's actually like filmed with a real people. camera in real life yeah. and then put onto a disc that's FMV yeah. well there's none of that in it so don't buy it thinking where's the fucking FMV uh, so basically you get out of the car and then you realise that control's been handed to you and there's these two big boulders either side um, up, up and down the screen Uh, on the top and bottom of the screen, and you think they're kind of going to open up, you know, as it does when there's credits rolling, Mm -hmm. and then the sort of borders, the widescreen borders... Uh, Letterboxing. Yeah, letterboxing. But it doesn't. And you're like, okay, uh, well, I'll try and live with this. And it's very narrow. And um, it makes things quite hard to see. 
because you've got no kind of alert status. You've got no sort of icons on screen to help you out. Um, it's just basically, if you don't see someone, then they're on top of you. And they're, they're very hard to knock over. And they're very hard to defeat with hand-to-hand combat. Um, so already it's quite awkward. Um, and you've got a very, like I say, narrow field of vision. A lot of people complained about the borders. No, we shouldn't expect it in today's game. It used to be a way of getting Japanese games to run on our systems at the right um, speed. Um, so playing it, it just, it just felt very uncomfortable and very archaic, and it didn't feel natural at all. And you don't, I don't know what it was about the game, but it just it, it, it just rubbed me up the wrong way, Gareth. And it would start off, I would move a little way, you sort of survey the area, but because everything's kind of washed out and black and white in colour and it's quite dark, you can't really play it in the daytime either, so you have to wait till night time to play it, which isn't so bad. But then you think, okay, there's three enemies in this area and you'll move along slowly and then there'll be a fourth that was just standing behind a rock, <laughs> sort of not doing anything, but because you don't think someone's going to be there just standing behind a rock. You can't really make any kind of allowances for anyone else to be there. And they stand in really silly places. It's like they'll stand facing a hut right up against the wall, but facing the wall, somewhere where you wouldn't think someone would be. There would be no reason for it. Mm-hmm. And then they just jump on you, and it's rinse and repeat. And it's kind of trial and error before you get through each place. Sounds um, like Tomb Raider. It is no. that, it's that kind of thing where... <laughs> You know, it's it's not like Tomb Raider because with Tomb Raider, even if you do get surrounded, you feel like you've got a fighting chance. In this, you might as well just die. You mm. might as well just go revert to last checkpoint. So, you know, not only did it feel incredibly dated, but it just it just wasn't any fun, and it was trying to build up tension, bless it. But it was like watching, you know, a ten-year-old trying to write a scary story. You <laughs> know, it was so cheesy so overplayed you know everything was so over the top with gore that it just it just seemed a bit silly at the end of the day and I watched, um, um i watched a video of people playing the start of that game though and it looks pretty interesting like the craziness that pops off at the start of the game i wasn't expecting at all no um, um that part's quite good when you're hiding from that guy with a chainsaw that's probably the bit that you saw in the middle. No, I, I, I'm thinking mainly of the bit where like they're driving away in an ambulance, yeah, and like there's just whole blocks of this city yeah, just like slamming into it. each other, and the everything's going crazy and exploding, and it's like. But what they is never going say, on? "Oh, yeah, you're like what's going on," but they're not like what's going on, are they? That is true, actually. <laughs> and they're driving along, and it's this kind of amateur storytelling that we've gotten past now, and. It, it, it feels silly in this day and age for them to just be driving along going, whoa, whoa, look out. You know, and he's going, oh, God, look, I nearly got hit by that rock. <laughs> and dri- driving along, and then like, they all crash. And then the guy doesn't even really think about what's going on. And he's just walking through the woods. He doesn't say, where am I? Yeah. He's just walking along going, oh, I've got to find the others. The entire world's like... Yeah, morphing into a weird hell dimension and he's not even asked. Yeah. It, it basically looks like 2012 when John Cusack's driving that limo away, doesn't it? 
Yeah, that, that entire city is just like splitting apart at the seams. Yeah, and none of them look worried. They've all got this kind of <laughs> blank expression on their face. Yeah. Um, I, I think, because I, I was tempted to look up, just see spoilers for that game, just to see what it is. My worry is that it's just in this guy's head, and that'll be a bit yeah. lame. But I hope they come up with some kind of crazy explanation. But then because it's Japanese, and because they're becoming so far behind, it wouldn't surprise me if he just woke up and it was a dream. And they thought that, you know, that was some Kojima-esque piece of (laughs) amazingly smart storytelling that they'd never seen before. Yeah. And that's the problem, isn't it? It's like, I don't know if I want to go through all of this because... I don't know. Maybe I'll pick it up again when it's cheaper. But when you get a game like that and you think I've just spent fifty pounds on this, you know, you do seem to judge it a lot harsher. And also, when you think the trading price, I got thirty-six pound for it. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of game that's going to be like twenty-five pound around Christmas. You just know it. It's going to be one of those kind of games that just go because like stuff like Wolfenstein, that's twenty pound now. That's an amazing game in CEX. Uh, Watch Dogs is £18 and these are on like Xbox One so the games are starting to come down now and you know so if you like Wolfenstein did you play that Don? No I've not played it yet I Get in it, in it Gareth pick it up. I've not played it either £20 in a CX that's on PS4 as well Gareth and Don even nice. though you ain't got a PS4 Gareth <laughs> Don does though Don do does know. get it you won't be disappointed one of the best first person shooters I've ever played Sweet. And I'm what, a very critical bastard. What can you kind of tell what Kojima's influence was on making Evil Within, or is it more Mikami's game? Do you reckon? Was Hideo Kojima part of it? I thought it was. I thought it was. Wasn't Kojima? No, nope. Silent Hills. Kojima. Silent Hills. Yeah. Jesus. Well, I'll <laughs> pretend that you said that as a joke. <laughs> oh, Don, you're, you do bloody crap me up sometimes. Oh, uh, I know. Yeah. Uh, but you can feel uh, Shinji Mikami very much uh, doing it. But like I say, the, the Japanese games, they're sort of falling away now. And especially over the last generation, the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 generation, we're really starting to see... It's like they were our, throughout our childhood on the Mega Drive and Nintendo. They were the ones... Like If it was a Japanese game, you know you were going to get proper playability and great thing but I think because we've got such cultural differences it's getting to the point now where you know that's coming across in the games as well sort of I, like, I love the Yakuza games I don't know if every viewer played them on the Playstation 3 uh, no I've heard they're good they are absolutely brilliant and that's because they're Japanese games set in Japan with Japanese language for Japanese players. So when you're playing it, that they don't give a shit that they're not released here. Like the yeah. guy, he doesn't care, the producer. Like they get released so late in the day. Like Yakuza 5 is already out over in Japan. Has been for months. It's not out here yet because Sega just doesn't care. But if you get hold of one of those games, if you play Yakuza 4, right, that is one of the best games on PlayStation 3. Yakuza 4, trust me, it is absolutely phenomenal. The storytelling uh, is brilliant. You know, the atmosphere is spot on because they know J- J- Japan. Why do I say Japan? What am I, <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Japan. 
Japan. Yeah. yeah. Because they know Japan. Like, Japan. Japan. <laughs> oh, like the street signs, the sort of crowd dynamics, the sort of neon glow, the feel of it is so good because it's brilliant. But when they try and do these American things, it, it's kind of, it feels disjointed. You know, and Yakuza, I will, I've still got all the Yakuza games now. I won't let them go. I've got, you know, one, two on the PlayStation 2, three, four on the PlayStation 3. And if they released Yakuza 5 tomorrow on the PlayStation 4 and their PlayStation 3, I'd seriously think of buying a PlayStation 4. I love it that much. Mm. And there's Yakuza Origins coming as well. But, oh, Yakuza 4, man. <laughs> That is a game, and I bet no one knows anything about it. Set you off into a flashback now of Yakuza. No, so we've not, what we've playing been playing, it. I have been playing Yakuza 4 <laughs> a year ago, and what it is, is basically you play it from this... No, I'm going to tell you about this game, because yeah. fuck everything else, fuck Evil Within. This is a game made by Japanese developers for a Japanese market that is so brilliant and genuine. And you start, you, there's four characters. There's a guy whose name I can't remember. There's another guy whose name I can't remember. And another one, another one. And all their stories are intertwined. And it's done in such a brilliant way in that some of it's set in the past, some of it's set in the present day, and some of it's set in the future. And the way it all interwines and the fighting mechanic uh, is just absolutely phenomenal and it, you feel the impact and you bounce people's faces off walls you kick him in the face and it's all very authentic and Japanese and you've got the bosses and there's power struggles within the Yakuza and um, you know there's one, one scenario where you're playing a guy who's in prison and you go through the prison daily routines and uh, you have to escape towards the end and then you, you, you sort of get out of the prison you plot the escape, you get out of the prison, and then it, you know, it, 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 yeah, it, it affects story later on in the game, and it, it's just, you know, you see it. They're not all good people. They've all got a slightly um, strange motives, but they're not purely evil. They're all doing it for reasons, and you understand those reasons towards the end. And I love the Yakuza series, and. I've just been playing Warriors Orochi 3 um, on the Xbox One, which is what I traded in um, The Evil Within for. But that's just pressing X multiple times. <laughs> Don't ask me why I complain, I bitch, and I moan about so many games. But in the end of the day, like I said, I just love smashing thousands of people up at once. <laughs> just jumping into a crowd full of people, smashing X, smashing Y, and just making a massive mess <laughs> well not long now until you can be doing that on a WWE 2015 oh is that Gareth you seem to have got a controversial view in the way that it's going ahead do I oh is that not what 2k are doing have they sort of simplified it uh, no I'm just saying you know you like smashing oh. people and you're yeah. into the wrestling games and that's oh, coming out looks... soon come on Gareth you can't say that doesn't the graphics on that don't get you gashed. I'm I'm not I've not said anything about my my gash moistness. You haven't said it for quite a while actually. Yeah, but yeah, the the graphics in that game look like they're going to be incredible. Oh yeah. That, that, if that time. game doesn't come with some kind of photo mode, yeah, then that's going to be a shame because I want to see some screenshots on the the Game Central Lives group. 
yeah. of some hilarious wrestling poses. I'm going to make you on it, Gareth. You're going to make me? Yeah. How are you going to capture my essence? Um, I don't know. It's basically a kind of musk. With a hoover. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, amazing. just get Bray Wyatt and just put a uh, wrestling... I don't know if any of them are, Gareth, because the wrestling's gone a bit downhill nowadays, hasn't it? Uh, wrestling's fine. It's it's fine. Everything's fine. If When you say <laughs> something's fine, I just don't bother even getting enthusiastic over it. Well, the problem is that the best wrestler they had, uh, Wade Barrett, got injured, and he's from England. Yeah. So he's not been on it for a while. That's a shame. Yeah. What have you been playing, Gareth? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have actually been playing a new release. <laughs> yep, that's the new release song. There we go. Uh, I, this week, have played probably about 12 hours of Borderlands the pre-sequel. Hey. Oh, yes. Yeah, people, people probably know I'm a pretty huge Borderlands Did you get out for free? No, I didn't. Oh, that's what I do. Me, me and my good friend Ken's uh, picked it up on Friday. Spent about 12 hours on Friday playing it. Had an awesome time. That's a, that's a Borderlands game. <laughs> is it any different to 1 and 2? Or is it just um, like, really? You know, I because I played so much of 1 and 2, I feel the slight differences. But um, the main difference is that because it's set on the moon... Uh, in between one and two, there's an oxygen mechanic. Right. Um, so you basically, there's a new type of loot you can pick up, which are called Oz kits, which is like oxygen stuff. Uh, and that'll increase the maximum oxygen you can carry at a time. And it'll also give you other buffs. So, for example, um, you'll get an oxygen kit that'll say, uh, well, I, c- I could equip this one, it'll give me less uh, overall oxygen, but it'll increase my reload speed by like 15%. So it's that kind of thing. You can see in like 20 hours time when you're at higher levels, those oxygen kits could be pretty crazy. Uh, For now, they're a bit tame. But that's the main difference. Unless, so Ken's played as, um, what's his fucking name? It's not Wilfred. The guy from Um, Borderlands 2. uh, Will, Will Will, Wilhelm. Wilhelm. Wilhelm! Yeah, Ken's was playing as Wilhelm, and I was playing as Claptrap. Um, because why wouldn't you play as Claptrap? And I knew that game was going to be my kind of game when I went to p- pick Claptrap as my character, and it popped up and said, are you sure you want to pick Claptrap? And I clicked yes, and then it said, okay, you just click yes, and you, you realise we just asked you if you want to pick Claptrap, right? <laughs> and I clicked yes, and they said, okay, just so we're clear here, massive capital letters... You have picked Claptrap as your playable character. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, we warned you. <laughs> like, uh, but because Claptrap's a robot, he doesn't have to breathe oxygen. Oh, so yes. Like, just the whole piece of gameplay that I don't have to worry about because I just have infinite oxygen because I'm Claptrap. Yeah, but what's the downside, Gareth? There isn't one. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you have to play as Claptrap. That's the downside. Yeah. Uh <laughs> But Claptrap's pretty cool. Like his action skill, um, it'll depend on things that are around you. So if there's like a lot of enemies around you, uh, and you're on a certain amount of health, and you have a certain amount of ammo in your gun, and you have certain weapons equipped, it'll pick a random action skill for you. 
Um, so, for example, one will be a gun wizard, which if you have a certain type of weapon and there are a certain number of enemies around you, uh, it'll increase your damage with weapons for the next 30 seconds by loads, and it'll also do it for your ally as well. Um, so you'll just be mowing people down. Or there'll be Funzerker, which is oh, obviously yes. a play on the Gunzerker from Borderlands 2, where uh, Claptrap will just whip out two of the same gun, and you can't control firing. He just fires non-stop for like 45 seconds, and it uses up your ammo, so <laughs> if, if you run out of ammo in that time, uh, when as soon as Funzerker stops, you'll have no ammo left. Um and it's it's all kind of uh, it's more novelty than useful. But uh, a bit like me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I suppose. Yeah. But um, it's just really fun because uh, you don't really play Borderlands to go all in depth. You play to have a good time to absorb the humor uh, for the novelty of it. So when you know when I'm playing this claptrap and we're in a massive battle and it looks like I'm about to die. And I press the action scale and he whips out a bomb like nine times the size of himself. And that bomb does a huge nuclear blast that kills like 90% of the enemies on the screen. It's like, that's what you want from Borderlands. You want crazy shit popping off at all times. And yeah. this has that in spades. Um, I, I'm i a person who, a lot of people had a problem with Borderlands 2. They hated like Tiny Tina. They hated Handsome Jack. They didn't like the writing. It just rubbed in the wrong way. I was the complete opposite. I loved pretty much everything about Borderlands 2. I like Handsome Jack um, as a character. He's really obnoxious in a way that... Oh, I hate your Tiny Tina. Really? Yeah. She's she's really original. No, no, no. She's so, like... Oh. Just some of the things she said. When as I would wear my headphones, and as soon as I saw her face in the top corner... About to speak, I'll just turn my headset off. Oh, come on, she's entertaining. No. She, some of the stuff she says is gold. It's not. Sometimes she does it in this stupid baby voice and it's just really annoying. Sometimes she just screams, burn all the babies. <laughs> What's not to like exactly. about that? Um, she, she's made by committee. No, she's not. Come on, that's what's going to make us a kind of memorable character, guys. One that everyone's going to really identify and love and we can make into a marketing campaign. If they're Australian. It, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll come back to the Australia thing in a second. But no, so I really loved like all the characters in Borderlands 2 um, and all that humour. So, uh, you know, Handsome Jack uh, returns in this one as sort of a good guy. Um, and he's he's written really interestingly as well. Like he retains his sort of cockiness and kind of douchebagness, and I really like just hearing more from that character. But then there's this character we just recently came across called Pickle, who's a small boy with a British accent, and it's the most irritating character I've ever come across in any game. Wow. Um, oh, I don't think I could play it then. It's it's British. You know, we're, we're all British, yeah? Yeah, we you are. You know how Americans think British people talk. But we're not British. Right? <laughs> kind of. That's all But it's more like, hip, 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 cheerio. Oh, come on, guys. Yeah. Do this quest. You'll get this weapon. It's going to be well sick. And it's like, shut the fuck up, you little stereotype. You little <laughs> yeah. bastard. I fucking hate him so much, Pickle. <laughs> oh, my God. And it, 
some people felt that way about Tiny Tina, I suppose, but I never did. But for whatever reason, this pickle guy just, oh, rubs me the wrong way so <laughs> much. And kids. we're only at level like 15, so there's still plenty of characters to discover. You and Ken's? Yes, me and Ken's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping there's not more pickle in the game, but you never know. Um, they will be there. The game... It's not made by the main um, 2K team. It's made by 2K Australia. Um, And it's really funny because basically every character in that game just has an Australian accent and they never never reference it. Nobody ever asks, like, why is everyone Australian? Nobody questions it. Um, But it's because the game was made in Australia, so all the voice actors they had were just Australian. So now it's just turning to that in the Borderlands universe, that moon is just basically Australia for some reason. <laughs> um, and like they get. So there's there's a claptrap in the main city called Concordia um, in Moxie's bar there. And you talk to him, and it's just the main claptrap guy but putting on an Australian accent. Okay. So it's, it's, it's not like, you know, they didn't get an Australian guy to do the claptrap accent. They got the main guy who does the claptrap voice to put on an Australian accent, so it's like they're kind of they're kind of acknowledging how weird it is by making everyone on the moon Australian. But it's just I don't know. It's really unusual. It kind of takes you an hour. Like with the first hour, we were like, "Hang on, everyone on this moon's Australian," and then Ken's was like, "No, of course they're not. That would be ridiculous." Yeah. And then you start talking to random NPCs and are like, what? It's like, what? Hang on. That was Australian. Okay, I'll try another one. And then the claptrap's like, I can't do a claptrap accent. My name is Gareth. Yep. That's that's what he says. That's what he's known for. Oh, yes. Look at me. I'm dancing. You know. Look at me. I'm dancing, daddy. (laughs) That's just my... That's That's your sex voice. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it it retains everything that I love about Borderlands. Obviously, the loot system far superior to Destiny's in every way. Yeah, gone. <laughs> um, the crazy action skills, <coughs> the skill trees, which are somehow they find ways to keep the skill trees interesting, even after three games of massive skill trees. Like you're still coming across skills that you never even oh. considered. Like, Claptraps has a lot of, like, um, skills that will power up a certain thing, um, but switch to another thing. So, like, if you go down a defensive skill tree, um, it'll pick either his health or his shield, and then it will increase that by a certain number of stacks. Um, and then when that fills up, it'll start filling up the other thing. And it's, like, a really weird system that I'm not fully used to yet, but it's, like, you know... How did they come up with a whole brand new system three games in? Gareth, what people in. want to know yeah. is does it feel like an expansion or is it a is it in its own right a new game? Um kind of both. Because like, you know, it definitely feels like an expansion in the way that this is just set on the moon. It's the Borderlands yeah. 2 graphics, the gameplay is uh, very similar, apart from the like the oxygen stuff. Um, just the setting is very different, but I mean, we played that for twelve hours straight on Friday, Shit. non-stop, and we're only up to level fifteen. So 
the amount of content in there is that of a typical Borderlands game. And I mean, they're doing DLC and stuff and all that stuff. Like, the amount of DLC they brought off for Borderlands 2 increased the gameplay by, like, probably another, like, 75 hours or something. So it seems like they could go just as far with the pre-sequel. And I mean, they, you know, at some point you may go down to Pandora again. We don't know. It's it's all that kind of scope they have, potentially, that I just don't know if they're going to delve into. But I'm excited to find out. It does feel like an expansion very early on, but when you start realising, like, I've been playing this for 10 hours now, and I'm only level 12. So there's probably quite a lot going on to this game. Um, just, I can't wait for Ken to have some time off work again, so we can marathon some more Borderlands. It's kind yeah, of... Ken's. all I can All I can think about when I'm playing any other game is like, yeah. I want to play Ken. Borderlands, I want to level up my... My uh, yeah. my claptrap. Yeah. I want to get a new skin for him. So like, claptrap has skins that one of them makes him look like a dustbin. One of them makes him look like a little bulldozer, and one of them makes him look like a train. So I want to find more skins yeah. to see what else he can look like. Because I'm weird. You are weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week though, I should have more to talk about because today <coughs> I got a review code for the Legend of Korra game. Oh, yes. Uh, not had a chance to fire it up yet, but I'm really looking forward to that because I love the Legend of Korra show. So. You do. Next week, I have even more to talk about. Yeah. Dream. Don's not been playing any games because obviously he has the third spot on the podcast, which means that you're not allowed to play games. Uh, you're only allowed to see women. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although in between seeing women... Um, Woman, <laughs> Don, you just slipped up there. <laughs> oh God! Uh, oh, yes. In between seeing one woman, um, go. yeah, I, I've managed to in uh, a couple of games. Obviously, uh, Destiny, uh, um, but also Alien Breed on the uh, on the Android, um, uh, bleh, Android phone, whatever their system is. <laughs> Oh yes, here he goes. Uh, yeah, but um, Destiny, obviously there's nothing really to say about that. Um, save, for, <laughs> save for, there's one thing which I've kind of noticed, that which, which I'm actually really liking about it a lot more than I've noticed actually that's been happening, and that's obviously the, the multiplayer side of things. Um, I've actually got way more friends on my friends list um, on the PS4 through Destiny than I have on my 360, which I've had for about five years. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, and um, yeah, it's They're just all wondering nice... where you are, Don. <laughs> yeah, they probably are. Yeah, um, but it's just yeah. I mean, it's, it's just kind of nice now just to go on to Destiny and some people that you know only played before will actually just kind of join your fire team straight away and say hello and see what you're doing. And even if they've done some missions before, it'd be like, do you want a hand doing this one? Because they know you know you get the rewards for it and stuff like that. So and they just want something to do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just that is partly true, uh, and it's also it is just it's just. Kind of a lot, you know. It's more fun to do it with friends and just to take the piss out of each other when you die, and especially when uh, when guys on because guy dies a lot because he's terrible at it. And um, he would be, he it's be. Uh, yeah, but guy every time guy logs on and I'm on, he'll just kind of join the fire team. It's like, all right, how you doing? Invariably, yeah. he's still in bed. He's never got up, and he's got a drawer of food to keep him going so he doesn't have to get out of bed. He makes but... me sick. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. Oh dear. But it's it's just nice to have a kind of a little you know a little group of friends that kind of 
coming together to actually you when, know, do that quite often, um, which I didn't have before on, on even on the 360, really. So when you so and that, Guy are talking at the same time, Don, yeah, man, the the sexual magnetism emitting oh, from the consoles must be ridiculous. It was, it was sometimes, powerful. sometimes our headsets shut down and we're booted from the fire team just yeah. purely from the reaction from that kind of <laughs> that happening. Have, have you been asking him some sort of advice? Yeah. <laughs> uh, not so much. I'm doing pretty well by myself, I think. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, Guy and Paul Lynn, and then some other guys from the group, um, like David Foster and Barry O'Connell, who I played the other oh, day. Oh, I hate him. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Chris Mullins, who's joined, but I'm like, oh. yeah, but guys like them from the group, and they're all, everyone's really nice as well. Everyone's really nice and friendly. Yeah, until, and, until you're not around and they talk about you. <laughs> they can do whatever they like when I can't hear. I don't care. But, oh, yeah. Um, but no, it's just nice to have that little little group together and we get together trying to do the raid and stuff like that it's so uh, that's kind of what destiny is getting more like that for me now it's more kind of more of a friendship group thing and um you know working together as a team it's been nice i've heard that yeah. from other people i've heard it described as basically a chat room with a little shooty game <laughs> in the background well it is yeah isn't it it's like you're you you it's the sort of game that you know me and my friends we got so good at call of duty 4 and the maps and working as a team that we didn't really have to talk about what was going on. I suppose when you're like you are Don and you you played it so much and you know what's coming up next and you know yeah. the scenarios that are being played out, you can talk about what you're having for dinner tomorrow because you'll know what you're going to be doing. Yeah, Is exactly. that the case? That's exactly what happens. Or yeah. you'll just be taking the piss out of whoever's just died and just, refu- just refuse to revive them. <laughs> Normally it's Guy. Guy's always yeah. dying. The guy's more dead than alive during... I would, even in real life, I would refuse to revive him if something <laughs> happened. I would just watch as his life slowly ebbed away from him. Oh, dear. Oh, good old guy. <laughs> uh, the other game I played a bit this week uh, is Alien Breed on my Android um, phone. Um, obviously, that's a remake of the 16-bit classic by Team 17 from the early 90s, uh, an Amiga oh, classic. Yes. Um, and the port of it... I've had it for a while, but I've kind of just kind of rediscovered bits on my phone so um um alien breed on, on the on android ios and or and and on ios um it's basically a pixel perfect and sound perfect music perfect recreation of the emergency. but you just just can't play them on these phones can you don well well you'd think not but they've actually managed to do quite a decent job of sorting that a little bit you can still have the original controls of just having um up, down, left, right, and then having a button to fire. But they've added in a secondary control system where the, the right hand button becomes an, a stick, uh, a bit like Smash TV, where you just point in the direction, you'll shoot in that direction. So you can walk backwards and shoot, uh, you know, as you're walking the other direction and stuff like that. It makes it a lot easier to use on your phone. It, takes, mm. it does take, you're right, it does take a little bit getting used to, but the touch screen, just the placement of your thumbs and stuff like that. But um, after a little while, you, you get used to it and it, and it becomes a lot easier. Um, and, and like I say, it, it is a perfect recreation of the originals. And if you liked it, it, it it's really worth going back to. Um, I think I got this when it was on a deal. It was like £1.49 or something like that. So well worth the thing. The only thing that's happened lately is there was an update to it, which added this horrific thing called Gree, which is like this third-party, fuck knows what it is, but it's a kind of thing where you're, they're trying to get you to sign into it and... All this kind of shit, and it's like, what the fuck is this here for? It wasn't there like a couple of months ago, the last time I played it, and now they've run an update, and you figure they're fixing bugs because that's all it ever says, some bug fixes. But actually, they've added this entire bullshit griefing. It wants you to sign into, give your details over to some bullshit third-party company. Like, what the fuck? Oh is dear. This? So you you can actually skip past it. 
without doing any of it. But why the fuck is it suddenly materialised? And you think that's bullshit. And it kind of that just annoyed me and kind of ruins a little bit of the experience. I think well, they're, they're getting paid for. It's not a free game, you know. You're buying, you're paying for it, the download. So why the hell has this thing come out of nowhere when it's been on? I you know been on the devices for over a year now. Um, yeah, so that's bullshit. Um, but uh, if, if you can get past that bit, then um, yeah, definitely give Alien Breeder a, a little look-see. Uh, it's good for traveling on the bus or indeed uh, when people think you're working at work. Oh! <laughs> Just sit behind your monitor and uh, whip out your phone. Luckily, none of yeah. your co-workers listen. Luckily, none of my co-workers, except one who has insisted on tracking it down today. <laughs> And then going, yeah. shit, you've done loads. I thought you'd done like five. I'm like, there's 38 episodes. Like, mm-hmm, you've been going for a while. Um, but, yeah, he's as much of a slacker as me, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> slacker or slapper? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a slapper, all right. Good oh. God. My God. Uh, JP, if you're listening, you absolute slag. Jesus. His name's oh. JP? Yeah, short for John Paul. Jizz pants. John Paul Goldsier. <laughs> Right, so that's it this week. Uh, next week is going to be an absolute bumper issue as Ooh. we come at you from um, Comic-Con. Um, me and Don are going to interview some people, hopefully. Um, run away if, from us. Uh, even if they do run away from us, that'll still be funny. <laughs> because we can kind of chase them and ask them why they're running, which will be quite good. Um, Gareth, you got anything to say about your life? Uh, well, next week's going to be big for me as well because uh, the Thursday when the podcast comes out will be my birthday. Oh, so there you go. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? One year closer to death. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, um, have you found somewhere to live yet, Gareth? Nope. You are so choosy. <laughs> it's not a matter of being choosy, it's a matter of not being fast enough. Yeah, you've got to get there before everyone else, haven't you, really? Yeah. The amount of times you have a viewing, and then you're like, right, I'm really looking forward to viewing this house, and then like an hour before, they ring you up and go, yeah, someone's already had that. (laughs) It's no point. (laughs) Uh, Don, thank you for joining us yet again. You're Um, welcome. And we'll sort out meeting somewhere on a Friday. Um, I don't know if I want to eat there, Don, because the prices are so outrageous. It's like £5 for a sandwich. Yeah. Well, people but, don't. Know. There's there's a pub. There's that pub that's just off the gantry, going into the the centre, where all the cosplayers end up after it closes, and so you end up with a pub full of people dressed as Batman and Bayonetta and yeah, but they're like kids who can only afford like a one Pepsi no, between no. ten of them. <laughs> it wasn't last time I was there. There was there was like a hundred people there. Just just. I don't think I was there that late. It was awesome, but um, I think the best cosplay I saw uh, back in I think it was March, was it or something when the uh, yeah. one was. Um, was a guy dressed as Williams from Enter the Dragon. That was, that was the best cosplay of the night. Brilliant. I liked a girl dressed as Ivy from Soul Calibur. Jeez. I, I imagine yeah. that's pretty special. It was pretty special. Um, <laughs> if we find her again, we find her again, Don, and there'll be two of us this time, so she won't get away from me. I'll bloody get away this time. No. Well, that's <laughs> been it. Absolutely fantastic. If you want to follow Gareth, go to www.gamemanager.co.uk or find him on Twitter at Game Man. And if you want to speak to Don, absolutely brilliant. Call him a drop him online. His phone number will be coming up after the show. Uh, so until next week, goodbye. Bye.
I, I will admit that I do watch it at times. Oh my god! Why? Why? Why do you watch it? But I don't know. It's, I think it's just a curiosity kind of thing, isn't it's, it? It's just like, gay porn. It's, but it's, it's not it's gay, it's, is it? It's men with fake tits shagging. It's gay porn. That's what it is. But gay porn men, with tits. If you didn't know they had a penis, you would say, "Yeah, I'll do that." Like if, <laughs> if it was from the waist up. No, but seriously, you would. Do you not notice the Adam's apple and larger hands and the stubble? No, because some of them are really petite. God. So, you know, obviously Gareth wouldn't get away with it. <laughs> Thank you very so, much. You're welcome. But you have got a hairless back, haven't you? That is true, actually. Yeah. From behind, so... I look like a, a beautiful Baywatch model. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got to go and have a wank now. Bye then. <laughs> well, I'll speak to you later. <laughs> Bye-bye.